Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Damian Vargo, and David Costanza. Welcome one and all to our group. Good to be here, David. Thank you, David. Great to be here. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 52. And before we do that, Rob, let's uh, let's invite the Holy Spirit in to help us break open the bread of life and see how the Lord wants to teach us and grow us today. All right. In the name of the Father, and Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for your for this day. Thank you for the gift of your word. You love us so much, Lord, and, and you give us this gift, uh, your love letter to us. And we're going to break open your love letter today and, and read a portion of it. And we just ask you to open our hearts, fill our hearts with, uh, with your Holy Spirit, uh, with love and peace and joy, and uh, give us the courage to change where you're calling us to change and to, to speak out where you might be calling us to speak out. Please bless and protect those here in the studio and all those listening uh, and draw us each closer to you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Son Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Damien, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? And again, we're on Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 52. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in the field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, Yes. And he replied, Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Thank you, Damien. I, I, I just I love the word joy, and maybe it's because of uh, this one camp that we help out with called Camp Guadalupe, and, and uh, for years, it's been going on for over 20 years, and probably about, I guess since 2006, we started uh, writing our own theme songs for it, and the very first one that, uh, that was written and, and produced was called Jump for Joy, and whenever I hear just the word joy, I just think of that camp back in, I think... 2006, and just seeing these kids just jumping for joy, singing about their relationship with the Lord, and uh, and then one of the songs that we taught the kids during that Jump for Joy week was um, I'm Third, 
And the, uh, the song is, you know, Jesus is first, he is Savior and Lord, all others are second. Now that strikes a chord. We must love and serve, we must keep our word. The place that offers true joy is third. And it's so true, right, that when we put ourselves last and put Lord first and others second, uh, that is true joy. And, uh, and, you know, it doesn't matter what the world can offer. It does not matter what the world can offer, especially if you've gone after what the world has to offer and you realize that, there is, you know, there is no lasting peace in it, and then you taste the peace that Jesus wants to give you, the joy that He wants to give you. Man, it's uh, definitely sell everything, sell, get, get rid of it all, jump for joy. And Rob, you stole my word. Well, I guess it wasn't my word; it probably was the Lord's word. But joy, joy, you know, that's something that money can't buy. That's a gift that God gives us when we do His work, no matter what it is, what He gives us in return. That gift of joy, uh, no amount of money can buy that stuff to fill that ache of your heart for God's joy, his peace, for that union with him. So when you said the word joy, and then sell all that he has. You know, for me, I look at my life's journey, and stuff was really important to me. I would put, I would rank stuff up to probably my, uh, at one point in time, my probably my third most important thing in my life. And I was buying stuff to fill the ache of my heart. But no matter what I bought, that was a momentary little blip and then I wanted more, and I couldn't fill that ache of my heart. So what the Lord did and helped setting me free is it says sell all that he has. Well, what the Lord did in my heart was when I realized that everything I have is a gift from him that I'm then to use as a good steward, a caretaker of that gift, to help others, to bless others, that I don't own anything but all is gift from the Lord and it's a sacred trust for me to use it to grow his kingdom, share the good news. I'm like, oh my goodness, I never saw that. So my freedom came when I realized I don't own anything. The children, they're not my children. They're a gift of the Lord. They're his children that it's my watch to care for. My wife is not my wife. It's the Lord's daughter, a gift from the Lord as my bride to let him love her as his bride. So it's, 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 it's amazing when we let go of everything, and they use the word sell everything, and we give it all to the Lord, and we realize it's all his, and we're the caretakers of it. Oh, my goodness. And we do it with joy. Oh, my goodness. We're set free. And then our life becomes a great adventure because it's exciting. Every day when you wake up, where do you want to use me, Lord? How can I use this that you've gifted me to help another? And the Lord is always teaching me, always give away the best, David. If I ask you to give it away, give away the best. Not, not what you have left over. And it's like, okay, Lord, that's always been a learning exercise for me. But it's awesome. And it just, again, it sets me free. So when, I, when you read that and, and you broke open part of that joy piece, that, that's it. For me, it's let it go. You're the caretaker. You're the steward. It all belongs to God. It's his checkbook. It's awesome. It's exciting. And, and David, there's one thing that, that sticks out as me as well in, with this, and it has to do with that um, linking the kingdom of heaven to really that seeking uh, of a merchant who's searching out those fine pearls. And it's, I think, to me, a real indication of the fervor you know, that we need to exert when we're 
looking for the kingdom among us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that image of the merchant uh, trying to find fine pearls, well, you know, that's a tedious task in many ways in the sense that you need to look through each one and you're trying to find unique and valuable ones. And our disposition uh, toward the Lord and his kingdom in many ways needs to be that same way, you know. And, and, and for me personally, that is a good reminder to always be on watch for that, that pearl. Always look for the little things you see throughout the day, particularly in the, pieces, or the people and places and things that, that cross our paths. Um, and the other way to look at that is just is is the fact that that's related to the kingdom of God is that, and we know this, and I know this from my life. Even when we do lapse in our seeking, He continues mm. to come after us. You know, time and time again, when I hear people's conversion stories, I hear over and over, "I was away from the Lord for this many years or that many years, and I just cried out a simple prayer, and and almost to the the person." He's always there waiting, and he speaks directly to, to their hearts. So that merchant and, and that seeker is really a two-way, two-way street, us seeking, uh, but we always know our Lord is faithful. So when we do reach out and ask, he's there. You know, when you were using that word seeking, I was thinking about, I believe that that seed of truth God has planted in every human heart. Every human heart was created to seek God. And the problem is, we, you know, as the song goes, looking for love in all mm-hmm. the wrong places, the, we go too many times to the world to fill only what God can fill. So I think every human heart is seeking and looking for that true, unconditional love. And when God uses us to, to um, water those seeds that are in the human heart, to cultivate the soil of that human heart, to potentially weed where they have sin in their life that's choking out that seed, to weed that human heart. God uses us, you know, in this in this story of salvation to help souls come to know him, to love him, to serve him. My goodness gracious, it doesn't get no more exciting than that. They talked about in the Old Testament raising the dead, but God can use you to raise the spiritual dead. Yeah. He can help you to bring that person back to the life in Jesus Christ, to point them in the right direction, to say, "Come, let me help you." You know, into you know, they, you know Jesus helped the man into the into the well, which which cured his crippledness. Well, God uses us now. Jesus living in us helps us take that cripple to Jesus, the living water. You know, He helps us to have the blind man to see, because He helps us uncover how the the enemy has blinded him to truth. So it's exciting. It makes our life a great adventure that God is choosing, as he chose Mary, the first disciple who said yes, who changed the world with her yes, through the grace of God, he chooses us. And then he chose a bunch of knuckleheads, which I know we're in good company, you know, with Peter and all the rest of the guys who'd left him or who who denied him. It's beautiful. God's mercy and God's forgiveness. When we make that choice, Because whenever we say, I can't, that's a lie. Because in Christ, all things are possible. And then if the enemy says, but you've done all this stuff, there's no way the Lord can use you. That's a lie. Listen and read all the characters in the Bible. Look at all the famous saints who were really notorious sinners before they became famous saints. And look at their lives. What did it take? But we have been given the most greatest gift in the sacrament of reconciliation, to go to that, give to that priest, as the Bible commands us, confess your sins to one another, then Jesus has given us 
and shared his gift of that forgiveness of sins with the priest who in persona Christi, God works through. Get rid of the sin, vomit it all out, as I like to say. Get it all out of your system so that God can forgive us. We come out of there, man. We are a new creation in Christ, and God uses us in a powerful way. And the enemy, for me, 36 years of my life, had me in bondage and slavery. And it wasn't until I finally, at age 46, got it all out of my system, the Lord set me free. In the last 10 years, my life changed. My life is not about stuff. It's not about notoriety. It's about how do you want me to serve you today, Lord? Somebody asked me, what would the epitaph be on my tombstone? And I thought for a moment, I said a little prayer. I said, Lord, what would it say? And this is what came in on my heart. It said, the epitaph of my tombstone said, his greatest joy was serving the Lord as husband, father, and friend. That's it. Serving the Lord. How? As husband first as father second, and as friend third. That's my life story. And here's the key, where it says here in the Scripture, you know, um, what is bad they throw away? If something is hindering us and keeping us from that true communion, common union with the heart of the Father, the mission He's created each of us for, our unique missions, it's got to go. you got to get it out of your life. you got to purge it from your system. Then God is just going to continually use you every day in the smallest of ways to the greatest of ways. Mother Teresa said, do ordinary things with extraordinary love. Every time we do things with extraordinary love, we are reflecting Christ, and we're invitations to that banquet, to that heavenly dance. David, so much of, of what you say both resonates with me and is true. And as I look at the first line, it talks about the kingdom of heaven uh, being like a treasure buried in a field, and it goes on to say that we find it and hide it again, and we go and sell all that we have. What What is it, when I reflect on my own life, that, that, I, that I was being called to sell? Uh, you, you mentioned your own time of, of darkness and, and, and just being enshrouded in, in lies and and things that were not of the Father, Father God. Um, and I realize that, that that's right there it's saying to us when we find Christ, when we find that God is in fact our Father, when we find that God wants to father us as men, father us as wives, father us as daughters, father us as sons, that that, that, that is a cause for great joy for me. That great joy was the secret of theology of the body. Um, and, and encountering that, that great gift of, of St. Pope John Paul II, and just realizing, I mean, it, it's, it's not like it was any secret, anyone could look it up on the internet, but to me it was like this pearl that I found, and, and I, I remember like tucking it into the recesses of my heart, because I was so in awe at the beauty of this truth and this teaching, and, and then with great joy, it gave me the impetus to go and sell the lies, to sell the the behaviors to sell the sin to sell the everything that made up the lack of fathering in my life all the hurts all the pains all the wounds everything that we have i think the scripture is is a call to us and even now to me I, i've been blessed with great healing in my life but it's a call to say what else what other lies or bondages in your life that the father wants you to sell out what do you want to sell out so that you can make room for the father to come in uh, and so I, I, that just resonates with me tremendously, and, and all the analogies that, that you gave there, Dave, it's just, this is such a beautiful scripture to break open and meditate on together. It is, and God the Father gets such joy out of setting his son free, which is you, because he wants you to be his son. Amen. He wants you to be his child, which means 
It's okay to laugh. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to do fun things. Yes. And he wants you to be the man he created you to be, the head, the head of the household. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And it's, uh, you know, it's making me think of the fundamental teaching of the church that God can even bring good out of something that's evil. So even, even our past lives, our, our sinfulness, when transformed, can be used for his greater glory. Because we can go back to those old days, and I think the scripture itself alludes to this when it talks about, you know, the scribes who have been instructed, who, who know the law, who are meant to teach, um, the Lord gives them an arsenal to work with, both the old and the new. You know, the old could be seen. It could be seen as uh, their old ways. Um, it could be seen as things from their past that they uh, would like to share that may touch somebody, someone else. Um, and, and the new is their new life in Christ. Mm. And uh, their new life in Christ is how they are living their every, everyday life. So um, I just wanted to share that because it was touching me that, all of these things and, and the things I'm encountering, particularly in this conversation here, is uh, is based on that 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 feeling that and that sentiment that the Lord makes good of even our mistakes. And, and Damien, if you if you pay attention on Sunday to the second reading, um, we'll hear from Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Right, so there's, uh, you know, there's wisdom in the, in the reading selected, and and you know the fact that your heart was burning with that, the Holy Spirit put that on your heart that you know, no matter what, God can turn it all to good, all. He didn't say some things, most things, all, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So the old and the new alike, right, brother? Absolutely, so Amen. He turns it all. You know, uh, something that that also comes to mind as we share, when I was in the the pits of my journey. Uh, and really at a place where where there was so much pain and suffering, I just didn't know how to go on. Uh, a very wise priest said to me, uh, the greater the wounds, the greater the glory. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, reflect on that in light of Christ. Mm-hmm. Look at all the suffering that Christ endured. Look at the scourging and, and the crowning with thorns and, and being shoved through the streets of Calvary and and ultimately his, his, his suffocation and death on the cross out of love for us. And look at the glory that emerged from that. Look at the church that blossomed from that. And I found such consolation in that desolation, in, in that reality that, wow, God's got to have something phenomenal in store. If the scriptures are true, if, if this scripture from Matthew is true, if, if Isaiah 61 about Christ coming as the healer and the restorer is true, uh, what awaits us on the other side of this this time of great suffering and pain, and all of us uh, that that's that 's the human element we We all have aches and pains, and at different times uh, it 's so much more intense for us. Uh, everyone goes through that period of intensity but it 's just great to be reminded that that in that in that suffering and out of all that suffering, great glory will emerge, but that can only come when we 're united with christ when we're pursuing the gifts and the love of Christ to unite in that suffering. Awesome. And it's amazing how the Lord works on us to teach us. We should always be in the mode as children, learning and growing the wisdom of God, just as Solomon did. You know, and, and so the word that jumped out of me was kingdom. You know, Jesus taught us how to pray, and it's, he said, Thy kingdom come. And here we read again, the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say the democracy of heaven. It says the kingdom. 
Well, what does that mean? Well, we go to the sacred scriptures, we go to the Bible, we go back to the Old Testament, we say, well, what does that template look like? And then we say, well, what does a church look like? Well, the template is there was a king in the time of David. It was King David, and you know he had his wife Bathsheba. She was the queen. Imperfect though it was, it still was the template of the kingdom, the Jude, the kingdom of of uh, David that Jesus fulfilled. It says that when Mary, you know, was with child, was it's the kingdom of David that Jesus fulfilled as perfect king. Well, as perfect king, he is a perfect mother. She's perfect because of who her son is, Jesus Christ, who is God. So the kingdom of heaven has a king and has a queen mother, Mary, although foreshadowed by Bathsheba in, in, in the, if we read uh, in 1 Kings, now perfected purely in heaven, it has a queen, queen mother. What's next? It has a vicar. What's the role of the vicar? We go back to the, to the, to the Old Testament, and the vicar was given the keys of the kingdom to, to then shepherd the kingdom the way the heart of the king was. So the vicar is the pope. It's beautiful. And then what's next? Well, the pope then has underneath him in the kingdom all the bishops. And the bishops have what? All the priests. And the priests have what? Deacons. And then the laity. If you look at the Catholic Church, it is set up exactly in the model of the kingdom of heaven prefigured in the Old Testament, now present in holy mother church. It's not a coincidence. Jesus Christ established a church. We all need to be instruments in healing of the one body of Christ, that church, and be invitations sharing the beauty and truth of our Catholic faith with our separated brothers and sisters. And where does it come from biblically? The only way we can do that the only way we can help to rebuild this kingdom in unity, answer Jesus' prayer of John 17, that they may be one, so that what? The world may know that you sent me. That's our role as Catholics, but we have to know our faith. There's a great 12-CD set available out there. You can look it up on his website from Gus Lloyd that teaches beautifully our Catholic beliefs and understandings where they all come from biblically, because this word kingdom kept jumping out of me, and the Lord keeps teaching me this, because the Catholic Church is set up in a model that it reflects the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God, the heavenly kingdom, is not devoid of a mother. Jesus gave us the gift at the foot of the cross to the beloved disciple who represents each and every one of us. Behold your mother. And what did the beloved disciple do? And to his mother, behold your son. The birth of the church is happening. The first child. And what does, what does the disciple do? He takes her into his home. That's our calling. That's who Mary is. Learn your faith. Live it in your life. Be those invitations to the healing of the one body. It's beautiful. So that's my reflection on kingdom, the word that's in here again and again. And, and our Father says, you know, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So when we allow God into our lives, when we, when we uh, you know, by an act of our will, exchange our will for God's will, and we allow the kingdom to come in and through us, then the people who may be away, like Damien, you were saying earlier, people who are away for a bunch of years, that they come back, we can be, they can see the pearl in us. They can see the treasure in us, yes. and that's the Eucharist, right? That if we're living a Eucharistic life, mass and adoration and, and you know, spiritual communions, um, if we can't get to daily mass, Right, if we're if we're living a Eucharistic life, we have the pearl of great price 
Jesus and the Eucharist flowing through us. So the, the source and summit of all of our lives and all of our evangelization, spreading of the good news, needs to be Eucharistically focused because then people can see Jesus in us flowing through our veins and in, in everything that we do. And then they'll say, wow, what is that? What is that? Right? So um, you know, we're, we're carrying that pearl of great price. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, it's a beautiful gift. But the key to that, Rob, also is prepare the soil of your heart let the Lord come in there and weed out all the sin. Go to the sacrament of reconciliation first, because the Scripture warns us, don't receive if you're not ready, mm -hmm. if you're not clean, if you're not prepared, because God is coming into you through the Eucharist. He's filling you. So prepare our temples. Go to the sacrament. Don't have fear. Get it all out. Receive the mercy that God wants to give every human being in this earth, and then then go and receive the Lord. Then go to the banquet table and invite the Lord into your heart and allow him to impregnate your heart and purge from you anything that's not of him. And then guess what? At the end of that Mass, take Jesus out into the world, the Jesus that lives in you, that pearl. It's awesome. Amen. In terms of giving away, I, I recently read a, um, an article about a book where a woman during Lent one year gave one personal item away for 40 days. And then she said, well, I'm going to do this for, for a year. And she gave away one personal item every day for a whole year. And, uh, and in, in the article, a uh, little excerpts from the book on how at one point she would pick out a, you know, a sweater and then, oh, you know, put it back. And then a month later, tried it again and put it back. And then maybe a third time was able to get rid of it. And I was just thinking of that. And, uh, you know, like a, a one-a-day giveaway, like in the beginning, if we do that, I'm sure it'll be easy. But then, you know, eventually we're going to get to some stuff that we're attached to that we might not have sold um, or, you know, have detached. So, um, you know, I, I think that was a, a, a good example in, in that book. And there's um, a great, great prayer that goes along with that. It's called the Prayer of Abandonment, Rod. So let's pray that prayer as we end our session. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserves and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. Amen. Amen. God bless Amen. each and every one of you. Amen. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 
1-800-242-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.